What is up, y'all? My name is Hannah Kay, and we are back this week with another episode. This is What the Christmas Podcast. Here we talk about Christmas all year long because, let's be honest, it's too good to only talk about once a year. Although things can get crazy around the holidays, it's still fun to pull out those heartwarming stories Grandma always read to us as kids out by the fire on Christmas Eve. And today, I'll be sharing one of those stories with you, The Gift of the Magi. I absolutely love this story. Here are a couple reasons why. One, I love the love in it. Both of these characters that I'm about to introduce you to have deep, deep love for each other, like good vibes all the way around. In fact, they have so much, they're willing to give up everything everything, and buy gifts for one each other. Dang, talk about sweet. Yes, heck yeah. Anyways, another reason I really enjoy this story is because of the irony. These gifts, though apparently useless, were born out of love and sacrifice, which embodies the true Christmas spirit. Della and Jim, aka the lovers of this story, sold off their most valuable things in order to buy worthwhile gifts for each other. So cute. The gifts, though precious on their own, turned out to be useless without the valuable possessions they had done away with. And with that, let's get down to the actual story. All right. The Gift of the Magi by O'Henry. $1.87. That was all. She had put it aside. One cent, then another, then another. In her careful buying of meat and other food, Della counted it three times. $1.87. And the next day, it would be Christmas. There was nothing to do but to fall on the bed and cry. So Della did it. While the lady of the home is slowly growing quieter, we can look at the home. Furnished rooms at a cost of $8 a week. There's little more to say about it. In the hall below was a letter box too small to hold a letter. There was an electric bell, but it could not make a sound. Also, there was a name beside the door, Mr. James Sillingham Young. When the name was placed there, Mr. James Sillingham Young was being paid $30 a week. Now, when he was being paid only $20 a week, the name seemed too long and important. It perhaps should have been Mr. James D. Young. But when Mr. James Dillingham Young entered the furnished rooms, his name became very short indeed. Mrs. James Dillingham Young put her arms around warmly about him and called him Jim. You have already met her. She is Della. Della finished her crying and cleaned the marks of it from her face. She stood by the window and looked out with no interest. Tomorrow would be Christmas Day and she had only $1.87 with which to buy Jim a gift. She had put it aside as much as she could for months with this result. $20 a week is not much. Everything had cost more than she had expected. It always happened like that. Only $1.87 to buy a gift for Jim, her Jim. She had many happy hours planning something nice for him, something nearly good enough, something almost worth the honor of belonging to Jim. There was a looking glass between the windows of the room. Perhaps you have seen the kind of looking glass that is placed in $8 furnished rooms. It is very narrow. A person could only see a little bit of himself at a time. However, if he was very thin and moved very quickly, he might be able to get a good view of himself. Della, being quite thin, had mastered this art. Suddenly, she turned from the window and stood before the glass. Her eyes were shining brightly, but her face had lost its color. Quickly, she pulled down her hair and let it fall to its complete length. The James Dillingham Youngs were proud of two things which they had owned. One thing was Jim's gold watch. It had once belonged to his father, and long ago it had belonged to his father's father. The other thing was Della's hair. If a queen had lived in the rooms near theirs, Della would have washed and dried her hair where the queen could see it. Della knew her hair was more beautiful than any of the queen's jewels or gifts. If a king had lived in the same house with all his riches, Jim would have looked at his watch every time they met. Jim knew that no king 
had anything so valuable. And now Della's beautiful hair fell about her, shining like a falling stream of beautiful brown water. It reached below her knee. It made almost itself into a dress for her. And then she put it up on her head again, nervously and quickly. Once she stopped for a moment and stood still while a tear or two ran down on her face. She put on, on her own old brown coat. She put on her old brown hat. With bright light still in her eyes, she moved quickly out the door and down, the, down to the street. Where she stopped, the sign read, Mrs. Sofre, hard, hard articles of all kinds. Up to the second floor, Della ran and stopped to get her breath. Mrs. Sofre, large, too white, cold eye, looked at her. Will you buy my hair? asked Della. I buy hair, said Miss Sofre. Take off your hat and let me look at it. Down fell the beautiful brown waterfall. Twenty dollars, said Mrs. Sofre, lifting the hair to fill its weight. Give it to me quick, Della said. Oh, the next two hours seemed to fly. She was going from one shop to another to find a gift for Jim. She found it at last. It surely had been made for Jim and no one else. There was no other thing like it in any of the shops, and she had looked in every shop in the city. It was a gold watch chain, very simply made. Its value was in its rich and pure material. Because it was so plain and simple, you knew that it was very valuable. All good things are like this. It was enough for the watch as soon as she saw it she knew that jim must have it it was like him quietness with and value jim and the chain both had quietness and value she paid 21 dollars for it and she hurried home with the chain and 87 cents with that chain on his watch jim could look at the watch and learn the time anywhere he might be though the watch was so fine it had never seen a fine chain he sometimes took it out and looked at it only when no one could see him do it when Della arrived home, her mind quieted a little. She began to think more reasonably. She started to try and recover the sad marks of what she had done. Love and large-hearted giving, when added together, can leave deep marks. It is never easy to cover these marks, dear friends. Never easy. Within 40 minutes, her head looked a bit better. With her short hair, she looked wonderfully like a schoolboy. She stood at the looking glass for a long time. If Jim doesn't kill me, she said to herself, before he looks at me a second time, he'll say I look like a girl who sings and dances for money. But what, oh, what could I do? What could I do with a dollar and 87 cents? At seven, Jim's dinner was ready for him. Jim was never late. De Della held the watch chain in her hand and sat near the door where he always entered then she heard his step in the hall and her face lost color for a minute she often said little prayers quietly about simple everyday things and now she said please god make him think i'm pretty this door opened and jim stepped in he looked very thin and was not smiling poor fellow he was only 22 and with a family to take care of he needed a new coat and had nothing to cover his cold hands jim stopped inside the door he was quiet as a hunting dog when it is near a bird his eyes looked strangely at Della and there was a expression in them she could not understand it filled her with fear it was not anger nor surprise nor anything she had been ready for he simply looked at her with a strange expression on his face Della went to him Jim dear she cried don't look at me like that I had my hair cried cut off and sold it I couldn't live through Christmas without giving you a gift. My hair will grow again. You'll, you won't care, will you? My hair grows very fast. It's Christmas, Jim. Let's be happy. You won't know what a nice, beautiful gift I've got for you. You've cut your hair, asked Jim slowly. He seemed to labor to understand what happened. He seemed not to feel sure he knew. Cut off and stole it, said Della. Don't you like me now? I'm me, Jim. I'm the same without my hair. Jim looked around the room. You say your hair's gone, he said. You don't have to look for it, said Della. It's sold, I tell you. Sold and gone, too. It's the night before Christmas, boy. Be good to me, because I sold it for you. 
Maybe the hairs of my hair could be counted, she said, but no one could ever count my love for you. Shall we eat dinner, Jim? Jim put his arms around Della. For ten seconds, let us look in another direction. Eight dollars a week or a million dollars a year. How different are they? Someone may give you an answer, but it will be wrong. The Magi brought may have brought valuable gifts, but that was not among them. My meaning will be explained soon. From inside the coat, Jim took something tied in paper. He threw it upon the table. I want you to understand me, Dell, he said. Nothing like a haircut can make you love <laughs> love you any less. But if you open that, you may know why I felt the way I, when I came in. White fingers pulled off the paper, and then a cry of joy, and then it changed to cheers. For there lay the combs, the combs that Della had seen in the shop window and loved for a long time. Beautiful combs with jewels, perfect for beautiful hair. She had known they cost too much for her to buy them, and she looked at them without the least hope of owning them. And now there were hers, but the hair was gone. She held them to her heart, and at last she was able to look up and say, My hair grows so fast, Jim. And then she jumped up and cried, Oh, oh, Jim had not seen his beautiful gift. She held it out to him in her open hand. The gold seemed to shine softly, as if with her own warm and loving spirit. Isn't it perfect, Jim? I hunted all over town to find it. You have to look at your watch a hundred times a day now. Give me your watch. I want to see how they look together. Jim sat down and smiled. Della said he, let us put our Christmas gifts away and keep them a while. They're too nice to use now. I sold the watch to get money to buy the combs, and now I think we should have our dinner. The Magi, as you know, were wise men, wonderfully wise men, who brought gifts to the newborn Christ child. They were the first to give Christmas gifts. Being wise, their gifts were doubtless wise ones. And here I have told you the story of two children who were not wise. Each sold the most valuable thing he owned in order to buy a gift for the other. But let me speak of the last word to the wise of these days. Of all who who gives gifts, these two were the most wise. Of all those who give and receive gifts, such as they were the most wise. Everywhere they are the wise ones. They are the Magi. This podcast was written and produced by me, Hannah Kay, and the music for this segment was provided by Apple Music with the help of Maria Carey singing All I Want for Christmas is You. This is a Hanson Court production, 2021, all rights reserved. Thanks for listening. See you next week.